At the Cryptid Keeper podcast, we love to laugh at the darkness, but we would never laugh at the rich cultures that explore it, or the unique cultural significance of the creatures explored. The jokes within are on no one but us. We encourage additional research on the subjects covered here, and hope that a comedy podcast is not your primary source of information. Keeper Podcast, the podcast for cryptids and their keepers. That's us. And if you're listening, it's you too. I'm Alex Flanagan. And I'm Addison Peacock. And I need you to know that there is a timeline in which this episode started with me just on my guitar playing Margaritaville. Um, and as sorry as I am that you had to miss that, I probably would have been much more sorry if everyone had had to hear it. <laughs> How come you're not doing that, Alex? <laughs> Because I remembered about halfway through my first margarita that I had to record with you tonight, and then I did not make a second. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, fair. That's very fair. I respect it. Side note, really quickly, like, content warning for uh, really quick, I'm going to mention a a drug thing. Um, Jimmy Buffett is releasing a line of marijuana pens, like vape pens. Oh, I see. (laughs) They are officially official Jimmy Buffett branded. (laughs) Like, vape pens. Jimmy Buffett is actually, like, a really fascinating character. Like, he is honestly the chillest dude in the entire world. And you would think that, like, the whole sort of projected image of Jimmy Buffett would sort of be a facade, right? You would think that Mm -hmm. underneath it would be a hardened businessman who's ready to make those beach dollars. But, like... He's actually just the chillest guy. Hey, Alex. And I think the vape pens may have something to do with that. Yes, you were going to say? He wants to make those sand dollars. Ayy. Thank you. But I need you to know really quick before I get off this subject, in case it makes anyone uncomfortable, that they do come in varying strengths that are labeled based on, like, there's, like, monsoon, and, like, I think one is hurricane. Thank God. And... That is how you know the strength of said vape pen. Thank God. So anyway. Um, Escape to Margaritaville is going to be in Pittsburgh over my birthday weekend. So if you are in Pittsburgh, please go see it in my honor and enjoy that beautiful experience. I've not seen Escape to Margaritaville. I do enjoy the cast recording. I find it very fun and fresh. I find it, uh, you know, just kind of upbeat and enjoyable to listen to. Yeah. Fun and flirty. Yeah. This is such a weird energy to bring to the beginning of this episode because it is in no it way has... like thematically appropriate. You're just going to be listening on like a Sunday afternoon in early May and be like, what does any of this have to do with Jimmy Buffett? I, I don't know. I had margaritas tonight. That was it. It also has nothing to do with what I'm about to talk about. I had a margarita tonight. It has <laughs> truly nothing to do with what I'm about to talk about. Then let's smash that segue button. Okay, I mean, look, <laughs> the cryptid is from an island place. That is the only overlap here. Okay, so you can't say it has nothing to do with it. Okay, but this is a creature from the Philippines. Okay. So the only similarity is an island? Yeah. <laughs> That's all I have for you. Let's do it. So are you familiar with the, and God, I hope I'm pronouncing this right, I tried to find a pronunciation guide, I couldn't find one, the Sigbin? I am not. 
Okay, cool. Well, the Sigbin, uh, which is spelled one of two ways, I found it spelled S-I-G-B-I-N or S-I-G-B-E-N. Okay. It's a creature uh, in Philippine mythology, and it is very similar to El Chupacabra. Oh, nice. It has a different description, and it has some different lore, but it is said, according to many, many sources, particularly I'm going to jump off with the cryptids wiki, um, it is said to come out at night to suck the blood of victims from their shadows. Oh, that's a fun spooky twist. Oh, it's really creepy. I love it very much. There's a lot of differing descriptions of this thing. And this is where it starts to get a little confusing about how much this falls into my assigned domain in terms of we've talked about before how we have some types of creatures that just fall into our domains and like are not for the other one to cover. Right, yeah. And this one's described a bunch of different ways. It's described as being like a hornless goat. It's described as looking like a fox. It's described as looking kind of cat-like. And that was the one that I saw first and went, aha. Uh Oh, I see. So that was your justification. Yes, exactly. So (laughs) it also is said to have the ability to become invisible and has a long, flexible tail. It can use like a whip and it emits a very stinky smell. Oh. So that's the Sigmund. (laughs) Yeah. According to the kind of classic lore that surrounds it, it comes out of its lair during Holy Week looking for people to hunt and drain of blood. Um, There are also, apparently, I talked about a little bit in the Manarangal episode, the um, Aswang are said to keep them as pets. Oh, yes. Oh my gosh. I'd forgotten about that. Mm -hmm. They are, yeah, they're said to be kept as pets, which gives me a fun image of like a cute little uh, Sigbin being walked on a little leash. The way I've seen them drawn most often is they look kind of like a hyena or they look kind of like a... uh, like kind of a black fox with like a long skinny tail, but there's a lot of different renderings. This raises a very specific sort of question in my mind, which is a question that again is going to feel extremely unrelated. It has literally nothing to do with this and everything to do with the fact that I have been teaching so much kindergarten. Uh Uh-huh. But it's just like, there's a specific sort of trope in kids' shows, and I'm assuming you're familiar with it because we both grew up in the age of Arthur, and it is very prevalent in Arthur. Um, and that's the example that made me think of this the other day. Actually, I was watching an Arthur episode. Um, but Arthur is an aardvark, yes, and Arthur has friends that are, like, varying animals. Like, there are... Yes, there are, Buster, who's uh, a bunny. Buster's a bunny, and there are, like, some sort of simian-looking friends, and there are, like, d- d- friends that are dogs, and... Um, but also, Arthur has a dog, like a small dog. Oh, no. Arthur has a little dog, but also Arthur has friends who are dogs. Oh, no. Why is that like that? <laughs> well, that's the same as, like, Pluto and Goofy, right? Yeah. Like- or another one, um, when it, it wasn't a show that was on when I was a kid, but when my younger brothers were kids, there's a show called Oswald, and Oswald was an octopus, and Oswald had a friend who was a flower and a friend who was a penguin. Mm-hmm. But then Oswald also had, like, a dachshund. And that was really strange. It was like, wait, the, I don't it was like about that. It was like the flower gets to be a sentient being, but you own this dog. <laughs> like I don't understand anything that's happening here. Yeah, I don't feel good about that. Like another one of the characters was like a, a talking snowman who like had full voting rights. I'm assuming, but the dog did not. It was really weird. Um, how do you know so, about the voting rights of the snowman? I don't know. It was a joke about how he's uh, awarded full sentience. I, it, the snowman was a businessman. I'm also assuming he got to participate in the local democracy. Because he was a capitalist. But anyway, I this whole thing was just to say that, like, it's really interesting to me that, like, you have cryptids keeping other cryptids as pets. Yes. 
Like, I'm a vampiric cryptid and you're a vampiric cryptid, but you're not the same kind of vampiric cryptid that, like, operates on our level. You're a distinct subclass of vampiric cryptid. Well, I kind of, I guess I would assume it's a little bit more like um, a witch having a familiar or something, but that might just be me. Yeah, but witches don't keep other witches as familiars. (laughs) Yeah, but the Sigvin isn't humanoid. I mean, I guess, but, like, there are other cryptids that are not humanoid that are reward like you know what i mean like there are no consistent rules about who gets to be on the on the upper echelons of cryptid society here mm-hmm. no it's true and now here is the thing this is something about the sigmin that i find very interesting is depending on what you read it's described very differently and if you look it up and look pictures of it up you'll find variations from like very pretty cute art to like very very frightening and You'll understand maybe a little bit why when I read you this excerpt from Phantoms and Monsters. Um, Oh, please do that thing exactly. Okay. It's uh, said to lurk in the shadows at night. It sucks the blood of victims by consuming their shadows, which is, again, so cool. I love that very much. It's very creepy. Now, here's a description uh, of its the way that it moves. It is said to walk backwards with its head lowered between its hind legs. Huh. It is said to have a tendency to crab walk backwards. Huh. Do you feel good about that? Do you like that? Is that I good don't for you? feel great about it. <laughs> is that fun for you? Oh, hey, it has very large ears. It can clap like a pair of hands. Now that is fun for me. <laughs> okay, that's fair. I do enjoy that. Yeah, that part's very fun for me. And the walking backwards with its head lowered between its hind legs. I'm imagining looking at you between its hind legs. I don't care for. Oh, no. Like, it's walking towards you, but it's walking backwards, but it's looking at you <laughs> through yeah, its that, legs. That part is not so great. The body horror of that is is quite distressing. I don't feel good about it. Also, speaking of it being owned by by people or like raised as a kept as a pet, it's also believed there are families known as Sigbinon, which means those who own Sigbin, who possess the power to command them, like keep them as like oh. pets and like um they're said to bring wealth and luck to their owners. And apparently they are owned in some stories by witch doctors who are able to use them for healing powers and mystical oils that can cure illness. I don't know how the oils are sourced. I don't have more information for you. I cannot help you. I'm sorry. (laughs) But, you know, Sigmund, it says the Sigmund is hard to find. And when you ask a witch doctor, he surely answers you with, I don't know what it looks like. <laughs> Sorry, that's from a WordPress. That's from a WordPress. I don't know post. what it looks like. When you get into potential explanations is where the descripting the descriptions of it get very confusing because like I said, it's been described as being like a goat, but also it walks backwards with its head between its legs and also it crab walks and also some writings like this particular blog post on WordPress on djhal107.wordpress.com say that it might be some sort of species of kangaroo. And then oh. I have a personal theory that I'm going to talk about later that overlaps with some uh, some potential creatures. But here, hopping over to wikivividly.com, which also mentions something about it that comes up in a couple sources, which is, and this is a lot, that it's supposed to, when it goes out on its hunt during Holy Week, look for children to take hearts from that it fashions into amulets. You know, it's crafty. Oh, Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're locally sourced, and it really is sort of a farm-to-table situation in terms of 
you can track all the ingredients directly. Yeah. They have an Etsy store where they sell uh, they sell heart amulets. Well, made from children's hearts, okay? Let's not be reductive. All right, all right. Made from children's hearts. Now, here's another description. This one says, this is from mangkukulam.com, which is a Filipino folklore mythology creatures and monsters website, and that's spelled M-A-N-G-K-U-K-U-L-A-M. And I'm sorry for my pronunciation. Uh, this page is translated from Tagalog, so uh, if there's if the English comes across a little funny, that is why it's like the the website being directly translated through my, like, you know how when you open a site in, like, Google Chrome, it's, like, translate this page? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's Google Chrome's translated version of the page. But this is um, talking about the Sigmund as well. And this one says, the face looks like a bat with long fangs and red eyes. So there's another description. And it's believed to be nocturnal. It hunts in the night, easier for them to catch a victim. Since they're rarely seen, people in rural areas believe in many kind of myth or spirit or monster. They consider the Sigmund as a kind of demon, which is where it ties into the sort of overlap with the Aswang. They used to hunt for food during the nighttime. Aside from eating the internal organs of a human body, they hunt animals in the forest as well. And here's the smell thing. I mentioned it smells bad. Oh, yes. It says, and they even eat dead animal or a corpse. By eating dead flesh, they can cause them to smell like a rotten human corpse, a smell that elders said to be really bad that it'll make you vomit. So, real bad smell. Uh, uh yeah, dog. Yeah. <laughs> that's, uh, that's it. Oh, and to keep them alive... The, I mentioned there are these ideas of these people that keep them uh, as, like, pets or as, like, servants or familiars or kind of that sort of thing. They're kept in massive clay jars and then fed blood to keep them alive. Okay. They live in big clay jars, Alex. Well, huh. They live in big clay jars. Now, I can tell that you're not happy about that. So what about that is bothering you? Um, well, you know, I'm really glad you asked. It has... And, you know, this might just be me. It has something to do with the part where they're in big clay jars. (laughs) Is that not a good place to keep your pet shadow vampire? No, it's not great. It's not awesome. Shadow vampire. For me. Can't imagine it's awesome. Cat, fox, kangaroo, goat, bat. Um, If you're cold, they're cold. (laughs) Well, I think the jars are kept inside. You don't know that. I don't know that for sure. That's that's fair. (laughs) How large are the clay jars? Kangaroo-sized? You gonna keep those inside? Alex, I'm gonna level with you. All it says is large clay jars. Large clay jars. All it tells me is that they're kept in large clay jars. I don't know what to tell you. I'm very sorry. Um, How big are they? Well, Alex... Not the jars, the animals. There's a lot of variation, and I don't know for sure. It's... If they're compared to, like, a fox or a goat, I would imagine, like, you know how big a goat is. Like, about goat size. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, everyone knows how big a goat is. I know how big a goat is. But just so I know that you know, why don't you tell me? (laughs) Don't make me do this right now. I'm Googling how big is a goat. How big is a goat? How big are goats? 16 to 23 inches tall. Yeah, okay. Reasonable. Clay jar sized. My bigger question about the clay jars, because this is not specified anywhere, by the way, this is not something I could find a ton of information about in terms of the background of it, in terms of websites that were written in English, but uh, it just says clay jars. I don't know if the jars are vertical and very wide and the animal is standing upright in the jar, or if the jar is on its side and the animal is like, you know, standing horizontally in the on its side jar, like as they normally would be, or if the jar is vertical and the animal is like 
sitting on its rear in the jar vertically with this little head poking out the tippy top. That's fully what I was imagining. Just like straight up Samuel Beckett nonsense. Just like a basket of snakes, like the like the snake charmer basket and the cobra comes out with his little head. And you come in, you come in the room and you go, dinner time, and you have a little bucket of blood for your pet Sigbin and they poke their little like head out and they clap their little ears like hands. I just realized the cross section of people who are going to want to hear Samuel Beckett jokes on a podcast is probably pretty small. So I should clarify by saying that uh, Samuel Beckett is an absurdist playwright and many of his works, all of which are very strange and none of which are like plays in the traditional sense, feature like individuals being on stage in some sort of large vessel. Like it's just a a commonly occurring theme in his works. It's very strange. Um, I love him very much. Mm Mm-hmm. There's there's a really great one actually. There was a project, and I'm so sorry. I'm just like derailing like crazy. I don't on this mind. Episode. Go ahead. But I'm always going to take the opportunity to talk about Beckett. Um, you know this to be true. So I do. <laughs> yeah. Apologies. But there is a really really cool project called Beckett on Film, which uh, was several years back. They basically tried to produce like standardized film versions of as many of Beckett's plays as possible because a lot of them are very very short, um, and most of them will not be done in rep because. There are plays that, like, it's just extremely impractical to produce. You couldn't put on, like, a full weekend run of a Beckett play that is, you know, 30 seconds long. And there are Beckett plays that are literally 30 seconds long. They're ridiculous. Or there are plays that are for no people and one mouth. Like, they're insane. Um, But Beckett on film is really, really cool. And there is one in particular where I don't remember who the other two actors in it are, but one of them is Alan Rickman up to his neck in just like a large clay vessel. And like, that's perfect. That's a, a major portion of this particular play. You should look them up if you ever get the chance and you want to watch some super weird theater. They're all very well done. And they're really exceptional uh, renditions of like shows that you probably won't get to see at any other point, even if you are like somewhat into obscure theater like they just don't get done a lot so anyway they're really really neat um and if you want to appreciate like one joke that i've made in this 99 episodes of podcast then maybe you could check that out perfect um so question yes does alan rickman drink blood in this play um you know it's not made explicitly clear but i also don't have any reason to believe that he doesn't like that would not surprise me coming from the character perfect yeah, it is heavily implied what in the that world? it's. <laughs> okay, well, I found a different article about the same thing because this one webpage no longer opens. <laughs> it downloads to my computer, and then when I click on it, it is a page full of nonsense code. I am terrified. Do I have a virus? I think I'm fine. Um, I don't I'm know. I'm pretty sure that's exactly how Matthew Broderick did hacking in all of those 80s movies. Alex, no, I don't want Matthew Broderick inside my computer. <laughs> Where do you want him? Oh, I don't like that. Um, Where I would like him on Broadway in a revival of The Producers. Oh, man. Wouldn't we all? I found a different... Okay, the original link I was going to use no longer works, so I found another one really quickly in a pinch. Uh, Sometimes we have to improvise in this business. Sometimes we have to solve problems on our feet here. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I found... An article about in Cebu, there was a supposedly a Sigbin captured. This was reported on in 2016. And this article is on Newsgraph. Um, and it does not have a person credited with writing it. So here's the thing. Supposedly, 
there was a Sigman captured alive in the Cebu region. Region, I cannot talk. Um, there's a little description of what it is. It's like they describe it as like the Philippines version of the chupacabra, which is, I think, a little reductive because just because it drinks blood does not make it all chupacabra, but that's fine. So they took a picture of it uh, in a cage and it looks very creepy. It does not look like a Sigvin, as I have read about it or heard it described. And So it doesn't look like any one of the 20 animals that you've been given as a comparison? No, it looks like uh, what I think it is and what the people... This is why I didn't include it in sightings, because it's been pretty steadily debunked, this one. Um, people are saying that it most likely looks like a sun bear with mange. Oh. Like, that's what this is, probably, in the picture. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Have you seen sun bears? I ha- oh, have I seen sun bears? <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you. I love sun bears. I, they're very good. Anyway, I just wanted to go ahead and mention that that came up in my research. There's not really anything beyond it, like beyond what I said, aside from the fact that people in this town found this animal and they posted it on Facebook and were like, it's a Sigmund. And everyone was like, I think that's a bear. And that's what that was. <laughs> yeah. But I would like to talk about some explanations, potentially, for what else the Sigmund might be. There are some speculations about it being some kind of kangaroo, which is wild. But what comes up on the uh, wikivividly.com description of the Sigmund, it links to another page talking about the cat fox. Now, the cat fox... Is not a confirmed animal. Like, it's when you look at the cat fox, the cat fox is kind of a cryptid in and of itself. But um, the cat fox is a possible new species of carnivore discovered on the island of Borneo. There's, like, a blurry photograph of it. It was discovered by the WWF in 2003 using a nighttime camera trap uh, in Cayenne Medarong National Park. It is this red-furred, long-tailed, larger-than-a-cat looking thing with longer hind legs than front legs looks like something between a cat and a fox. Okay, so just as a general sort of warning, if you try to Google cat fox, you will get a 50-50 split between, like, things that you are actually looking for and also so many deviant art OCs. Oh yeah, you're gonna get a lot of that. That is just kind of a risk you're gonna have to take. And then I'll tell you about another animal that I think it is in a second. But I actually found this great article from 2005, yes, uh, on The Guardian called On the Trail of the Borneo Cat Fox. I just, I don't want to like linger on this too long because this isn't really what we're talking about, but I just thought it was neat. And this is uh, talking about, I love this little, this is, uh, this piece is by... Okay, this person is not credited. This is on The Guardian, and it is on the trail of the Borneo cat fox. And it says, The saddest thing about the discovery of a mysterious new animal on the forest paths of Borneo is that the creature itself will never know how rare, endangered, and exciting to the world's media it is. If the creature, possibly a carnivore not previously known to world science, photographed loping through the darkness, advancing, then retreating, its eyes glowing like carriage lamps, had been... Colleen McLaughlin putting out the rubbish one night, she would probably have measured the impact of the sighting over the following days at the newsagents. So here's this thing. It's this little guy. Um, You can find Mm -hmm. the picture if you search it. It's just a little, like, cute little guy. And according to uh, wiki, wiki, whatever I was looking at, dot com, um, (laughs) it looks a lot like descriptions of the Sigbin. Like, listen to this description here. A skinny scurrier like a wingless bat with a long, fat tail. Oh. So you've got haunches like a monkey and a tail like a well-fed ginger tom. Oh. 
So I couldn't, if anyone actually has any information about this uh, that I haven't been able to find and can let me know about it, um, I w haven't been able to find any updates on this creature since 2005. Like, I don't think they, I don't know if it's just something else that we now know the name of and they don't call it the cat box anymore. I tried to find out more information about it, but that's that, the Borneo cat box. But what you also find if you look up Borneo cat box or if you look up Borneo cat and everything, this might be what that picture ended up being. Have you seen bay cats? Have I seen a what? Bay cats. B-A-Y cat. I will answer that question in 30 seconds. Oh, I have. <laughs> they are very cool, very strange looking. They have kind of spooky faces, actually. And I think there's a possibility in terms of the uh, descriptions of the Sigmund and kind of the variety of it in terms of, aside from the very long ears, because as you'll notice, the bay cat's ears are very short. Mm -hmm. I think that the bay cat could be a contender. It's this kind of reddish brown creature with these very big, expressive, kind of spooky eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, and big haunches and a floofy tail that is, like, really long and kind of uh, sinewy. And I really love the Bay Cat, and I think just I wanted you to see it, and I wanted to bring it to the conversation because I came across it while I was doing my research on the Cat Fox, and I just really wanted to talk about it. The tail is so interesting. It really does look very simian if you, like, it are looking at the face. It does. It looks like a monkey tail. Yeah. And the face, do you know, I love them and I think they're beautiful, but it does have kind of spooky eyes. Do you know what I mean? No, it does. It absolutely does. And I mean, I'm just saying, like, even beyond the tail, like, the combination of the tail and sort of the posturing, like, the way it holds itself is all very, yeah, like, uncannily sort of monkeyish. Yes. And I feel like if you're having so much trouble identifying an animal and you have all these kind of crossovers, it seems natural to me to bring a creature like the bay cat into consideration. Yeah. Um, they're an endangered species, and the only fewer than 2,500 mature bay cats exist still, so just wanted to put that out there. Be, Aww. like, know about the bay cat. They're endangered. Save the bay cat. Um, they're also pretty rare. They have pretty low density of population, but at the very least, we know that there are creatures that look kind of like this. And I just think uh, it's, I just wanted to bring the bay cat into the conversation. Also because I like them and I think more people should know about them because they're really weird in a good way. I like them a lot. <laughs> maybe it's a kangaroo. Maybe it's a cat fox. Maybe it's a bay cat or maybe it's a goat. I'm looking at the bay cat and I'm trying to find a picture of the bay uh -huh. cat like sitting upright, like on its haunches, because I have a sneaking suspicion it would look very kangaroo-esque. Yeah. And you know what else? The way that its body is sort of built, I wonder if you might assume that because its back haunches are higher, like its back legs are taller than its front legs, if you might assume that it was walking backwards with its head between its feet. Like, I feel like the way it's postured, it could almost look like it was crab walking backwards towards you or something. Like, the way that it's postured is very kind of strange for a big cat. I, I could be if convinced you... to buy that. Yeah. Yeah. If you see pictures, uh, and I'm sorry to focus so much on a visual thing right now for an auditory format, but if you see pictures of the bay cat when it's sort of, like, walking along, where it's sort of padding along, it has a very weird posture and a very unusual posture for a cat. Yeah, its and hind legs are consistently higher up than its shoulders. Exactly. Which I think could give it the appearance of something walking backwards. 
I know that that's a little out there, and that was kind of a conclusion I drew on my own. It wasn't really raised by a lot of the uh, writings on the Sigmund. But you know what? We've been doing this for almost two years. I think that we have earned the right to consider ourselves cryptozoologists. I wouldn't say that, but maybe. Um, but I found the bay cat through the cat fox, which I did find via several sites talking about the Sigmund. So I feel like it's not too out there of a conclusion to draw. Anyway, I wanted to talk about the bay cat, but I'm going to hop over now and talk about some sort of sightings and general related stories to the Sigmund. And again, I'm really sorry if I'm pronouncing this wrong the whole time. I really tried to find a pronunciation guide and I could not find one. So you have from, a this is a great, the name of this website makes it sound very reputable, from www.science-rumors.com. Oh. Love science rumors. You would expect science rumors to be a lot more like gossip, like be like, I heard Isaac Newton was like, I don't know what I think Isaac Newton was doing. I don't, I didn't have an ending to that joke. But this page is specifically talking about Sigbin stuff. And this article, I want to call it an article, but it's, it's much more of just a collection of sentences because it's like, mm-hmm. you'll see what I mean. Um, it is top 10 Sigbin sightings with pictures proved it is real. I love it. Go on. Top 10 Sigbin sightings with pictures proved it is real. Their first is just kind of the uh, part that I mentioned before. It's the kind of basic general background of it. And it does mention again that the Sigbin is capable of becoming invisible, which is something that I want to, I, I feel like I went through too quickly the first time. I should emphasize it can become invisible. Yeah, I do want to just sort of touch on that again. Mm-hmm. There are no sources cited on this article. I'm using article very loosely. I just thought it was fun and I want to read the uh, want to read the descriptions here. You have one. The corpse of a Sigbin was sighted in the suburban areas of Washington, D.C. While some people claim this is to be the dead body of a chupacabra, as per experts, this is the mortal remains of the much dreaded Sigbin only. That's number one. Okay, good. Love it. Number two, there is a very blurry photograph of what looks like a mummy and an old man. And this is two. A Sigbin is seen here catching hold of a local man. The sighting (laughs) happened in Manila, Philippines on 13th of July, 2012. The victim's name was Victor and he was 80 years old. The victim's name was Victor. Number three, and this one makes me laugh because because it is very clearly a blurry photograph of a fishing cat at the zoo. But I'm going to do it anyway. Um, the picture that it is, comes with it is number three. A Sigbin was seen inside a cage after locals of Mount Luhaborake captured it from the jungles. And maybe that's true, but the picture they used is for sure a fishing cat at the zoo. This fearsome Sigbin was captured on mobile camera in Sarawak, Malaysia on the 30th of January 2015. Before the creature could cause any damage, the locals had driven it out of the village. Oh. And all of these are pretty blurry pictures. Um, number five is the one I already told you about, which is the one that's definitely a sun bear with mange. Number six. Now, this one is interesting because I have never seen any indication in any other publication about the Sigmund that it can fly or has wings at all. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Very- oh, my God. 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 Tell me it's going to tell me it's going to fly. Yeah, this one very confidently says a Sigmund is seen here with its wings spread across yes. and ready to take flight. Yes. Yes. So that would invite the bat comparison. Uh, Number seven, a startled Sigbin gets captured in the lens of an adventurer in the suburbs of Manila sometime in late 2014. The creature was attempting to get to suck blood from the animals in the barn of a local when it got sighted and eventually ran away. Number eight is literally, this is truly a picture of a fox, but I don't mind. It's fine. 
This apparently harmless looking Sigbin was spotted in the jungles of Malaysia, and before a proper sighting could happen, the animal sneaked into the woods and was never to be seen again. Number nine, and this is just a drawing, but it's fine. Another sighting of the dreadful Sigbin where it looks as fearful as it is being described in the various mythical texts of the Philippines. And then number 10. Sigbin, or Filipino El Chupacabra, being sighted in the darkness, the creature resembles a hornless goat and has the reputation of sucking blood out of the shadows of its victims. Here in this picture, the dreaded creature is seen resting before it gets on the prowl to catch its next victim. The photo was captured somewhere in the Philippines. Somewhere. Somewhere. That's my favorite thing about, like, don't get me wrong, This my attitude toward this creature, as my attitude is toward most of these creatures, is I'm sure it is real. Like, it does exist. The Sigmund is real. Like, make no mistake. But when you research things like this, you're always going to come across some just very kind of ridiculously disreputable sources that are just oh, yeah, like, absolutely. someone saw it somewhere and it was real. And it always makes me laugh. So I have a couple a couple more things to hit on. This is not one of my longer episodes, I'm afraid. There's not as much stuff I could find on the Sigbin as I would like. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of sources just kind of repeat each other, even in the ones that I covered today. Yeah, I've definitely had those. Yeah, even in the ones I covered today, you can hear some of that. But I did find a couple fun things. I love to troll through Reddit uh, and Do see you? what I... Is that fun for you? It's fun for me to see people talking about paranormal stuff on Reddit because there's a lot of very specific fun subreddits that you can stumble across. And so I found two Reddit posts, um, one from r slash Philippines and one from r slash Manila Encounters. And so um, the one from r slash Philippines is from a year ago. And this is called Storytime with the Sigbin Stick. Um, so, um, earlier today at 12, I waited for a Jeep. This homeless guy walks up to me, sees the book I'm holding and asks me, is it satanic? I was, for reference, I was holding Chuck Palahniuk's Damned, which I've read. I liked that book. I said, oh no, it's fiction. He asks what the book was about and I was surprised he was interested. So I obliged. I don't know if there was an ulterior motive, but, um, sorry that some of this is not in, some of this is writing is not in English. So I'm skipping over the parts that are not in English because mm-hmm. I can't pronounce them um but anyway they gave him kind they gave him money they gave this old this homeless man money for lunch and it says then he pulled a stick out of his jacket it was broken in the middle but kept together um by a lambre on both ends he wanted me to have the stick he says i'm better off with it he's told me he used the stick for battling sigbins and that it used to belong to his lolo which is grandpa he showed me his scars and he proved he went through some crazy shit fighting Sigbins. And they didn't really want to take it, but I thought if I took the stick from him, then he would probably be happy with that. So I took the stick. He showed me how to use it. Apparently, I am ready to fight Sigbin now. Oh. Anyway, that's not the end of the story. When I got home, my roommate felt off already. He noticed that something didn't feel right. When I told him the story of the Sigbin stick, he freaked out about it. He told me to get rid of it because he felt something. He told me somebody died with that stick. Oh my gosh. The skeptic that I am, I didn't buy it. But out of respect, I promised to get rid of it. But I don't want to. What should I do? So that means it's definitely cursed. Yeah, that's for sure a cursed stick, right? I don't want to get rid of my stick. This stick is important to me. My precious. I could get rid of it if I wanted to, but I don't want to. My precious. Pretty much. Yeah, right? And one of the comments says, your roommate is a Sigbin, which made me laugh. I mean, okay, that's fair. 
But yeah, I thought that was just kind of a neat little, just a neat little story. It's not really, these are kind of tangentially related, but I thought it was interesting. Um, and then this one is um, from our Manila Encounters. This is from a month ago, pretty recent. Um, and this is just, this is four upvotes. Nice. And is just titled Sigbin. So. Sigbin. This all started when I heard rumors that my uncle was keeping a Sigbin as a pet. To those who don't know, a Sigbin is this magical creature. It's like a unicorn, but uglier. Oh. <laughs> like, it's not a horse. It's nobody really knows what it looks like since no one has actually captured one and sent it to a zoo or a museum. My mother was talking about it, and it was in a half-joking way. And I picked up the conversation, and finally I just had to go to the province and ask my uncle about it. The province, my mom's hometown, there are some people who are known as healers. Their method is a combination of massage, dried plants, mysterious oils, and incantations or prayers. Maybe they call on the Lord or some minor local spirits or something. Well, anyway, one of the more famous and well-known of these healers, since his method was supposedly more hit than miss, was a drinking buddy of my uncle. How they knew each other was because of my cousin's condition. My uncle's daughter has had asthma all her life, and it's the intense kind of asthma, too. Uh, she's a nebulizer and stuff. But like that Russian prince with hemophilia was only able to be cured by some magical guy with healing powers, which is funny because, sidebar, what this person is almost certainly referring to is Rasputin, who supposedly cured a Russian prince of his hemophilia. Yeah, no, that's fine and good and everything. But I need you to understand how much better that is without any context. Okay, fair. Sorry. I just thought it was interesting that they were referencing Rasputin. I love that they're referencing it so casually. It's like, you know, that one Russian prince with the hemophilia. And, and it's yeah. like, oh, yeah. The, one, the Russian prince with hemophilia who was cured by magic. You know the one. Well, my uncle got really close to his healer, who was already old by then, but still liked to imbibe of alcoholic drinks, you know, as you do. When the old guy died, rumors started in town that my uncle was now the owner of the old man, Sigbin. Apparently, the Sigbin had been the property of the old healer for decades. No one knows where or how he got it. Relatives of the old healer declined to comment when asked about the origins of the Sigbin. How it was transferred to my uncle's ownership was this. The old man simply gave him the Sigbin stones. This is the Sigbin in its dormant form. It's kind of like a Pokemon situation. The stones are like the pokeball and it's not just one stone it's several if one stone goes missing maybe the sigmin can no longer be summoned i don't know so this has no reference side i keep interrupting sorry this has no reference to any sort of clay jar so i don't know if the references that mention clay jars were maybe mistranslations or if they really are supposed to be a clay jar that it lives in i do not know old-fashioned pokeballs yeah but um the old healer taught my uncle the words to summon the Sigmund, and then after that, maybe a few months, maybe a few years, the old healer died. I never really got to talk about the Sigmund with my uncle. I lost interest in the whole thing once I arrived there. There was a birthday party when I got to their house, and we ate and drank and sang on their brand new karaoke microphone machine. It was my younger girl cousin's birthday. I said happy birthday to her, visited my other aunts and uncles in the hometown afterwards. Then, on the way back home, on the bus, I decided to stop by this sort of famous beach with white sand. It was cold and raining when I got there, which was perfect, as I hate the sun. And I was just there, all alone on the shore, looking at the sea. It was heart-achingly beautiful. That's the whole story. They just end with this nice little story about a birthday party and going to the beach. That's nice. I'm just so delighted by, like, I forgot to ask about the mythological creature on account of I was singing on the karaoke machine. <laughs> I know, isn't that the cutest thing ever? <laughs> it's really good. I love that they're like, so my uncle maybe inherited from this mysterious old healer this, like, ancient mythological creature that no one's ever really seen that brings, like, healing powers and luck to whoever owns it, and he has all these magic stones. I was going to ask him about it, but there was a birthday party, and there was a karaoke machine. There was a brand new karaoke machine. I had to do karaoke and then go to the beach, you guys. I had, I had to do karaoke. 
<laughs> I had to. I just, just very, I just found that very charming. I had to do karaoke. And I love, I love the way they just completely throw away the whole Sigmund story at the end. And they're just like, so anyway, I went to the beach and it was really beautiful. Which is nice. I'm glad. It was nice. But that's the end. And that's the whole post. I'm like, is the Sigmund with you? Is it making you write this? Is it? Blink twice if the Sigmund is with you. Yeah, seriously. And telling you to write that you didn't see it or meet it or find proof that it exists. And then I have one more thing about the Sigbin, and this is from reportersinbox.com, and this is from November 28th, 2017, and this is Scary Creatures Looming in the Village. So I'm just going to read this pretty much verbatim, and I'll stop to maybe editorialize a bit, or if you have thoughts as I go, feel free to interject. Mm -hmm. Horror is looming in a small town in North Cotabato when an unknown creature is slaughtering chickens in a backyard poultry house. Folklore suggests that the attack was carried out by a mythical creature locally known as Sigbin. According to the owner, they were not home when the incident happened. They only noticed it this morning when they arrived home that their backyard poultry was totally devastated and all of their chickens were slaughtered. What is scarier is that they found strange footprints and scratches all around the area, which is pretty unusual. No known animal has a footprint like that in the area. And why is it sucking all of the blood out of the animal? Aside from that, a pungent, unusual smell is noticeable in the area where the incident happened. Back to the bad smell. What's up? I talked about it before. We're back. (laughs) Residents in the area are terrified of what happened. They're worried that they might be the next victim of this Sigbin. They're closely monitoring the incident and remain vigilant for the next attack. And then there's a little explanation about the Sigbin. Now, this version says it's a dog-like creature that sometimes resembles a kangaroo because of its speed and hopping capabilities. This is largely unrelated, but do you remember how in Twilight, one of the things that made Bella special and different from all of the other girls is that she could smell blood? (laughs) Wait, what? Do you not remember that? I don't think that was, it was her blood had a smell. No, 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 no. It was that she, like, the smell of blood made her sick. Oh my god. And there was a scene where she's like, the smell of blood makes me sick. And Edward's like, you can't smell blood. And she's like, yes, I can. It smells like rust and salt. Oh my god, right. See, I thought you were talking about the fact that her blood smells better than all the other blood because she's No, I was talking about the fact that she was special and different because she could smell blood, which is a lot. Incidentally is... Like, it's just so much to unpack. But like, (laughs) but I was just thinking about that when you were like, oh, the weird smell. And I'm like, yeah, anywhere there's people doing vampirism, it's going to smell bad. Yeah, but I already mentioned that the Sigbin carries with it this like weird rotten smell. Yeah, no, no, no. I I know. It's just like, I think if you're at the point in your story where you're already saying like, there are vampiric activities happening here, you really don't need to go farther and say like, also, if you don't believe me, it smelled bad. Like, okay. Mm -hmm. Okay, so... They mentioned that it's known for killing domestic animals, sucking their blood, and eating their guts. What's more alarming is that the Sigbin is just a pet. It has a, mo- a master, which is sometimes a witch or a monster locally known as Aswang, which I mentioned already. So uh-huh. as far as I know, these things aren't supposedly regarded as acting as independent entities. They're like, something's pet. <laughs> Are there any wild Sigbin left? I don't know. Who can say? Or is it like, um, is it like a domesticated animal, like such that it's been bred for so long that there aren't really wild ones anymore? Or if there are wild ones, they're completely indistinguishable. And really quickly, I'm just, I'm very caffeinated, I think. I'm just thinking maybe the reason there's so much variation in the description is like, because it's domesticated. Breeds, there are breeds of Sigmund. Yes, it's a domesticated animal. 
There are breeds. Maybe you have a teacup Sigmund. Interesting. It's a little baby. Um, so also, folks believe that its master is ordering the Sigbin to spy on a certain place. Although Sigbin does not eat a human, its master does. The article says that so just nonchalantly. Now, also, I don't know how I feel about this. And by that, I mean, I feel bad about it. Okay. This article also suggests that it is known that its feces has healing powers. Well, huh. Also, its feces is described as, and I don't like this, chalk-like. Well, huh. <laughs> and apparently during the 1990s when that rumor first started that its feces had healing powers, uh, it was priced at 1 million pesos on the black market. Well, huh. So anyway, Sigmund hunters are starting to flock to the incident area hoping they will catch this mythical creature and sell it to the black market and become millionaires. And that's the whole piece. No comments. And that's the Sigmund. It sure is, isn't it? It sure is. I just found it and I thought it was neat. <laughs> yeah, no. There's not a ton to be found about it, um, at least from what I could see. There's probably a lot more to be found if uh, you are able to read Tagalog, which is what a lot of the pages that came up were in. Sure. But first I saw it described as a cat fox, which sucked me in. And then I went on a very weird journey that I took you on with me today. I was happy to be a part of it. It was definitely interesting. Thank you. Went down the rabbit slash kangaroo slash foxhole. It crab walks backwards and its poop has healing powers. Well, there you have it, folks. <laughs> Just wanted to put a button on the whole thing with that. Yeah, there you have it, folks. <laughs> Do you have any announcements? Um, none that can follow that, really. I don't know how to bring something to a close after saying it's poop has healing power. Don't know how to get out of that energy, huh? I don't know how to free myself from the prison of my own creation. Yeah, I think maybe you just need to stay there for a little bit and think about what you've done. I sit in the clay jar I've imprisoned myself in. Uh-huh, yeah, pretty much. Think about what I did. So, uh... We're approaching our 100th episode. Do you think about that? Have I thought about that? Has it consumed every like moment of fear for the past several weeks? Yeah. Yeah, I have. Okay, fair. Well, uh, we'll see you next week for our 100th episode. I was kind of hoping maybe they just wouldn't note. No, I'm kidding. Um, oh, oh, shoot. I'm sorry. I, I, I blew it up. I blew up your spot. I you blew up it. my spot. Now I have to do a cool episode instead of whatever normal boring episode I usually do. It's fine. You will have a very easy act to follow. Um, hey, can I tell you something real quick that I think will maybe help shake this energy that you're trying to figure out what to do with? Yeah. Seven hours ago, Tommy Wiseau tweeted two images side by side. Can you guess what they are? They're him and uh, Shadow, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah, it's it's him. It's Tommy Wiseau next to a picture of Shadow the Hedgehog. There is no <laughs> caption. There is no comparison outside of the sort of implicit chaotic nature of this image. Thank you for your time. Thank you so much. We're really just leaning into it and letting the whole, just letting ourselves be dissolved in the chaos, become one with the hive mind. Yeah, pretty much. That's all we can do at this point. Thank you to our audio wizard, Val Patron. And thank you to our in-house composer, Andrew Giada, for our theme music. And thank you, as always, to listeners like you. And to the Lunar Light Network. Addison, please, you have to finish thanking the people who, like, are <laughs> tangentially related to our success. I was just going to say that we would never keep our listeners in clay jars. I don't know why. I was going to say that. <laughs> See, that's one of those things that sounds more suspicious once you say you're not going to do it. Yeah. 
Like, if you go up to somebody and you say, I would never keep you in a clay jar, like, <laughs> thanks? Oh, like, in all seriousness, like, if you're ever on a first date with someone and they say, like, just so you know, I would never hurt you, you need to leave immediately. Seriously, like, right then. Because that's terrifying. I'm sorry, yes, thank you to the Lunar Lights. <laughs> thank you to... I'm sorry. I am I am falling apart. Oh, no. Like, I am unraveling, uh, like, Oogie Boogie in The Nightmare Before Christmas. All of my strings are unraveling, and I'm just full of bugs. <laughs> I hate that energy. Um, well, how much do you think I like it? I'm full of bugs. If I just steal your closing line right now, can we just... <laughs> Can we stop this? Can we bring this horrible energy to a close? You can listen to other... Do I have to use your own sword to destroy you? Is that what has become? You can listen to other Lunar Light podcasts, like Ending Pending, Netflix and Kill, Tin Pan Diddly Do, The Good Boys Girls, Comradical, and many others. <laughs> Maybe they won't talk about being full of bugs. Maybe. No promises. No promises. So as always, we hope we can keep you around. And stay safe out there. Lunar Light Studio. Pretty, witty, and gay.